T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 541 career touchdown passes. What record do you hold in the highest regard in all of sports? Is it Drew Brees? The record fell last night. Saints quarterback, what a night it was. 29 of 30 near perfection for Breeze. Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Also the latest on the Browns dumpster fire. Should Janoris Jenkins get another shot on the NFL? And what about Josh Gordon? Is that it? Will we ever see him return to the NFL football field ever again? A lot to get to today. Kyle Bailey from WFNZ in Charlotte on the future of the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers after Will Greer gets the nod and Carrington Harrison. Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City weighs in on their newest acquisition. Got some sizzle coming to Kansas City. And what about Patrick Mahomes' performance in a near blizzard? I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut, where Ross Tucker is in Pennsylvania. And one would assume his kids are in school today. Unlike mine, there is snow. Well, that's if you count a dusting of snow, Ross Tucker, on the ground. It's virtually raining outside, and the kids are home from school. I've ranted about this enough. We don't have to start our Tuesday this way, but I no, mean, come I don't on. understand. We're starting it. I, I don't understand. You're in Connecticut, and for the second day in a row, your kids are home from school, even though the roads are totally fine. Is that what I'm hearing? You can see my driveway in its entirety right now. All of it. No white on the driveway. A little bit of snow on the grass. And one to three inches forecast for the next 24 hours. That is now a snow day in Connecticut. We are in New England. We talked about this a week ago. Further proof of the decay of American society and the wussification of America. Agree? Yeah, I mean, it's really, what is it? It's just kind of a uh, a liability thing. And uh, you know what? We can only get in trouble if we have them go to school and somebody slips or somebody falls. I mean, yeah, it's not good, bro. Serenity good. now. It, you know, if it was, if it was the 23rd, uh, we'll have to air the grievances next week. Airing of the grievances only takes place on Festivus. Let's start on a pleasant note. Louisiana quarterbacks. No, not that one, but there was a great day for two Louisiana quarterbacks yesterday. And we will talk about Drew Brees at nauseam and ask you what records you hold in the highest regard in a moment. But first, tribute to Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback at LSU, who shattered offensive records at Louisiana State for the Tigers and Coach O this year. A remarkable on-the-field on the story has gotten far better off the field. In case you didn't hear, 
his acceptance speech for the Heisman Trophy Saturday night. It was unlike anything you've ever heard in the history of the award. Here's what Joe Burrow talked about. From, from Southeast Ohio, it's, it's a very, very impoverished area, and the, the, the poverty rate is almost two times the, the national average, and there's so many people there that, that don't have a lot. And I'm up here for all those, all those kids in Athens and in Athens County that, you know, go home to not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school. And you guys can be up here too. Joe Burrow, he gave tribute to his offensive line and his coach and his family and his team. But Joe Burrow wins the Heisman Trophy, and he's up there thinking about people that don't have enough money at the holiday season. That is the greatest thing in sports. Drew Brees, we'll get to you. Cleveland Browns, Janoris Jenkins, T-Sizzle. That is the single greatest story in all of sports. Why? A man in Athens County, Ohio, where Joe Burrow grew up, was inspired to start a fundraising page on Facebook thinking, I'm just going to set the ceiling huge. Maybe we can raise $50,000 for a local food pantry in Athens County. They exceeded the 50 grand, set another goal of 75, another goal of 100, another goal of 150, and so on it goes. And right now, 8.36 a.m. Eastern Time, that goal of $50,000 has been so far exceeded. The new goal is $400,000 because people have poured in $336,000 to the Athens County Food Pantry because of Joe Burrow, the greatest college football player in the country this year, a far better human being. Ross Tucker, is there a better story in sports right now? Yeah, I kind of preferred the Iowa State kid who just wanted the money for Natty Light. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worthy of that brilliant comeback. Well said. <laughs> what was my man's name in, in Iowa State? Oh, I, I don't know. Kid. He College just wanted money for that. a case of Natty Light, I think. Was it Natty Light? <laughs> it or Bush was Light? Natty Light. It was Natty Light. Carson King, Bush Light. Bush Light, Carson King. And they ended up raising over a million dollars for the local Iowa yeah, hospital. that's actually the greatest story in sports right now. Uh, so no, the Joe Burrow great, thing yeah. is great. The Joe Burrow thing is great. Um, and it's great for a lot of reasons. What I think is interesting about it, Dave, is that, you know, I don't think you think of Southeast Ohio or a rural area like that. I guess I don't, when I think poverty and impoverished a lot, Right or wrong, I think cities, uh, and I don't, and especially like uh, mid-major cities, if you will, you know, like where I'm from, Reading. You know, I, I think about that, Flint, Michigan. I, I don't really think about rural areas, especially when you talk about food and food pantry, because I would think it's uh, a lot of farmland there. But I thought that was enlightening in some respect, because you you just that's not what comes to mind for me when I think poverty. Yeah, and it's not often what you think of with 
Heisman Trophy award-winning acceptance speeches. Just bravo to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow versus Carson King. Better sports story in 2019. It's nice to end the year on two positive sports stories, but we've got another Louisiana quarterback that deserves his due. Drew Brees, 541 career touchdown passes, passing Tom Brady and, of course, Peyton Manning for the all-time mark last night. He didn't just do it on Monday Night Football against the Colts, whom they beat in the Super Bowl, whom Peyton Manning set most of his records with, but Drew Brees does it on a nearly perfect night, 29 of 30, breaking Phillip Rivers' all-time single-game completion percentage record. Interesting because Phillip Rivers is arguably the reason Drew Brees is a Saints great and, you know, could have changed Chargers history forever. Uh, let's start our Radio.com Red Zone with our friends, WWL in New Orleans, with some reaction from Drew Brees' record-breaking Monday night. 12th play of the drive, first and goal from the five, Brees under center, high formation, fakes the handoff, looks to throw, wide open, touchdown, Josh Hill! 19 years, 273 games, over 76,000 yards, and now 540 touchdowns, Drew Brees take a bow. Pretty incredible moment um, uh, to be able to share something like this with, with, with my team and, and the Houdat Nation and everybody here in the Superdome tonight, and my family and friends. Um, you know, you, you don't really think about these things, um, especially when you first enter this league. Um, I can remember as a young player just was trying to become a starter someday, maybe. Maybe be able to make a little bit of an impact. And um, it's hard to believe here we are 19 years later and having a chance to you know, do some of these things. I just want to congratulate Drew Brees on that big honor he had tonight. That's kind of hard to do in the NFL with all the hitting and banging and all that through 18 years or 19 years he's been in the NFL. And, uh, Listen, you got to answer the bell week in and week out. And uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, the best of the best, even when Peyton Manning was playing, uh, th th that's hard to do. Uh, because right. uh, there's a, you got to have broad shoulders, your work ethic, how you prepare week in and week out. Uh, that speaks volumes when you see those great achievements. Just kind of makes you shake your head, you know. Just, are you kidding me? You know, I'm not sure how we got here. <laughs> um, it just, you know, kind of makes your whole life and career flash before your eyes. Um, because I, I, I never, never thought I, I would have had the chance to be a part of, of something like this. And just an incredible night, an incredible experience, incredible moment be able to share that with so many people um, because all of them are a big part of this. Drew Brees there on the record-breaking evening. That was courtesy to our friends, WWL, the radio.com affiliate in New Orleans on the radio.com red zone. Check them out on our free app. Uh, Brees talking about the entire journey, the entire career. And to me, you reflect on his perseverance and how he's played through the doubts and the injury. 2005, what most thought was a devastating career-threatening injury, Drew Brees saying at one point, this might be the last time I ever put on a football uniform of any significance. That was back in 2005. To me, Drew Brees is all about one thing, and it is perseverance. We can all take something from how he worked through 
all of that. So with that, a question, Ross, what is to you, Drew Brees' signature characteristic, and what's the record that you hold in the highest esteem in all of sports? Yeah, and let me just say this about Brees before I dive into that. He is almost too good to be true. You know, some of these guys, Breeze, yeah. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, I would put in that category. Just the way that they conduct themselves. Yeah. You know, you never hear anything negative about Breeze. He's meant so much to that community. The numbers he's put up are just ridiculous. But I, I just have so much respect for the mental and physical toughness to line up every week and produce at as high of a level as he does. Davey had one incompletion last night. And after the game, he was asked about it. He was mad. He was pissed about the one incompletion. You know, that's how you become Drew Brees, when you're mad about your one incompletion. It's unbelievable. I don't know if you've ever interviewed him or been around him, I've been around him a couple times. Did I ever tell you the Drew Brees story, Dave? No, and I have one too. All right. So my Drew Brees story is when I was launching my recruiting business, it's called Go Big Recruiting, back in like 2006. I wanted somebody that was well known to maybe be the face of it. And I had some former teammates that were playing with the Saints playing with Drew Brees, and it was his first year there. So this is right after his first year in New Orleans when they went to the NFC Championship game and lost to the Bears. And so I talked to Drew on the phone a couple times. We emailed back and forth a couple times. It didn't end up working out. It didn't really make sense for him to, to take a deal that was just an equity deal with a startup or whatever, and no worries there. Um, and I said... You know, really appreciate it. If you have any advice, you know, let me know. Um, Dave, he emailed me back like seven long paragraphs of advice for the business I was launching that he had wow. said he wasn't going to be a part of. I mean, it was like set goals and, and, um, Make sure you hold yourself accountable to achieving them. Like it was like, it was like bullet points of advice to me for this. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I thought he was going to email me back and be like, yeah, man, I would just say, you know, try to get some marketing or try to get with the high school coaches, like a one line thing. He emailed right. me like this long email with all of these different, really salient points for my, me and my business, I was I was floored. Because that's who Drew Brees is. And in my experience, that is exactly who Drew Brees is. Quick story, Peyton Manning, the guy he broke the record of. Remember being at a relatively exclusive Super Bowl party in New Orleans? Admittedly, when everyone probably wanted to get an autograph or take a selfie with Peyton Manning. There were two Mannings at this party. One, Eli walking through the crowd, taking selfies, signing autographs, hugs, you name it. And then there was another Manning back in the corner behind several velvet ropes where no one could get near him. That was Peyton. So therein lies 
my difference of opinion on the two Mannings and Drew Brees, the couple of times I've had to interview him at a television station, I keep my eye on what these people do when they enter buildings, when they interact with interns, when they interact with your greeters or your security. They could easily be a dick because they deal with a lot of hassle. Drew Brees took the time all the way through the building, each intern, each autograph, each greeter, each security guard, each person that wanted to take a picture. He had time for all of them. Drew Brees is a class act, no question about it. You talk about that one incompletion. Yeah, he said, I threw off my back foot and that one will haunt me for a while. That's how you get to be great. Tom Brady tweeted about this. Your records will be tough to beat, but it's worth trying. Tom Brady will never break that record. It's just going to be padded by Drew Brees in the next year, probably two years after this. The record will be broken, in my estimation, by Patrick Mahomes 14, 15 years from now. It might take him more than that. Brees is in year 19. Mahomes is ahead of his pace by a long, long way in terms of average touchdowns per game. Deshaun Watson is also ahead of the Drew Brees uh, pace. So now to the conversation we started early about the greatest record to you, to me, the one you hold in the highest esteem in all of sports. It's funny too, Dave, because I, I put this question out uh, on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL, you are at Dave Briggs TV, the show at RDC, home and home. And by the way, we're less than five minutes of commercials per hour. So if you just happen to find us live or if you're listening on demand, make sure you spread the word and tell your friends less than five minutes of commercials per hour. So I put out there our two questions of the day in my mind, Dave. The first one here being what sports record would you want if you could have any? And the second one is what we'll start with at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, which is our thoughts on lengthy updates, family updates in Christmas cards. Because I went through a bunch of family Christmas cards last night. Let's start, though, with the record. And I'll tell you what I wrote down. The first one I wrote down, Dave, was Wilt Chamberlain's record. And I am not talking about on the basketball court. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, good. If I could break any record in sports, if that counts as a sports record, it would be Wilt Chamberlain's record. For so, 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 so many reasons. It would be Wilt Chamberlain's record. So, which record? I'm kidding, of course. Which my record? wife watches this, or my mom, or my wife's grandma's. I'm kidding. It's funny. Wilt Chamberlain slept with a lot of women. It's a joke. Let me move on. <laughs> a Do rumor these... 10,000, right? 10,000? Was it that? <laughs> he, he, he claims 10,000. He would have had to be having a, a lot of uh, double headers for 10,000. A lot of double headers there. A lot. Back to All right, back. So here, here's my question, Dave. <laughs> Do having the most Super Bowl rings or three Heismans, do those count as records or those accomplishments 
and I need to give you something else for a record. Uh, yeah, I would count those as records, although it, they're probably not in the typical book that we define such things would be, yeah, career marks, single season marks, but they really are the most important of all records. So, yes, let's absolutely. I think I think like stuff. seven, seven Super Bowl rings, because you think about all of the joy, joyous occasions that would have brought to you, your family you know, the White House trips and the parade and the ring ceremony. You know, it's like, it's so, there. there's so many moments in those moments. So I'd say seven Super Bowl rings. I think, uh, I think three Heismans would be cool. Only one person has two Archie Griffin. To have, to win three Heismans, like in your three years as a college football player, you want to talk about being a boss. Like I can just picture my speech that third year being like, look, I don't know what to tell you. Um, when you're good, you're good. Um, it would be a very different speech than what Joe Burrow just gave. It'd be like, look, um, I think if we're being honest here, we should strongly consider changing the name of the trophy to maybe the Tucker trophy at this point. I mean, it's only my third year of college football. I'm about to go pro and be the number one overall pick. Otherwise, I'd stay and win another one. But I don't even have enough room for a fourth Heisman in my house right now. It's time for me to go to the NFL. I think, in conclusion, everyone should try to sign a petition to get them to change this to the Tucker Trophy because I own this shit. I That would be the greatest Heisman speech ever. You would eclipse... Joe Burrow, just in terms of the uh, the sheer vanity of it, would be amazing, and it'd probably be viral in its own way. All uh, right, so you want to know the real way, record, though? You want to know the real record? Oh, you you still haven't answered. Well, so all of those are questionable whether they're really records or not, right? So if I could really have a record, it'd be seven Super Bowls. I'm kind of joking about the three Heismans. I'm definitely joking about Wilt Chamberlain. If I could have one record in sports, this is weird, Dave, but I wrote it down. I, I think the all-time home run record would be sweet as shit, man. Like the all-time home run record, they've been playing baseball forever and to have more long balls than anybody else. We all know chicks dig the long ball. That would be sweet. Unless, of course, you cheated your way to that record, like the record holder. And speaking of records, uh, one of the millennials did research the Will Chamberlain, and it apparently is 20,000 chicks over the course of his career, which I think would go beyond doubleheaders. I think that would be, I, I'd have to do the math here, and I'm sure the millennials can do the math in his adult life. How you many per day would that have averaged? That would be triple headers, I assume. You know what? I just got a great idea. You know how, since we're a new show, we're getting different guests on all the time? Let's get one of those 20,000 on the show. I want to get one of those 20,000 that slept with Wilt Chamberlain on the show. Your thoughts, I, I wonder if that. I wonder if that's possible. I challenge you to come up with that. Uh, Jordan Cohen, one of the millennials, did the math. 
And if it was starting at 18 years old and, and wrapping up, say, around 50 years old, that's 625 per year. So almost a doubleheader every day. No way, man. No let, way. Let me just Even say this. Let me just say this, high. okay? Let me say yeah. this. First of all, we got to look up um, when Wilt passed away. But number one... He didn't start at age 18, okay? You you can you can uh, you can go ahead and start that at 15 would be my guess for Wilt the Stilt. So start that number at 15. And per sources, according to Jake Galley, one of our millennials, Wilt loved threesomes. So right there, Dave, you're you're making up some quick ground. There you go. Three at one time. That's how you get to that number. He passed away in 1999. Oh, by the way, my record that I hold in the highest regard, and, and, and I was looking at it as a record that is currently held and who holds it. And that's why, to me, I grew up idolizing, yes, you know about John Elway. The other person was Pete freaking Rose. And me idolizing Pete Rose didn't stop with him betting on games, quite frankly. I don't give a damn if he bet on baseball because that guy went out and busted his ass every day of his career. And his record of 4,256 hits to me is without a doubt the greatest record in all of sports, one that will never ever even be approached i wore number 14 growing up to honor pete rose the, the active leader in hits is what 3200 albert pujols who's wrapping up his career here so no one will ever get close to pete rose's 4256 in in denver you're in denver colorado and you were a big pete rose fan well there's no baseball uh, growing up in Colorado, we didn't have a major league team until I was in, you know, until the, the Rockies came in 93. So you got when you grow up without baseball, you just choose. And we were the minor league city, if if you want to know the backstory, for the Cincinnati Reds. So oh. first, player I ever, first player I ever saw in person was Pete Rose. And just seeing the hustle that that guy brought to the game, love the man. Don't understand why he's not in the Hall of Fame, but don't don't care about the betting on baseball either okay so i put this so, out there dave i put this yeah. out there to our listeners on twitter and multiple people came back with a really good one that okay. i think would maybe change mine and it's it's the 100 meter dash that would be sweet dude like hmm. to walk the earth and know you're the fastest person on planet earth that would be that would be a pretty cool record to have. People have Cy Young's 511 wins, no thanks. Cal Ripken's consecutive games, no thanks. 56-game hitting streak, DiMaggio, that's, that's kind of cool. But I'd still think I'd rather, this guy wants Mike Trout's record $430 million contract. I don't know if we're counting that. But I think 100 meters, Dave, would be pretty sweet, man. To know you're the fastest man on earth ever, that would be pretty awesome. I would not let go of that Mike Trout, uh, biggest record contract in all of sports. 
you know, for the people that say money doesn't buy happiness, bullshit. That kind of money buys me happiness, bro. And it would make me far happier than having Pete Rose's record or Cal Ripken's record or any of Tom Brady or Drew Brees' record. No doubt about it. Okay? Money does buy happiness in some cases, at least according to me. Um, continuing that Saints conversation really quick, uh, Janoris Jenkins, they pick him up. He's let go by the New York football giants for dropping. And I said the word, the R word on air a week ago when reading this breaking news, I didn't realize we had to call it the R word, even when writing it called a fan, the R word on Twitter was released by the giants, picked up by the saints, the rich get richer. They probably are my number one team right now in the NFC, although certainly San Francisco and Seattle are in the conversation. And yes, to me, there is no question about it. If I am putting together a team to win the Super Bowl, I'm sorry. I'm insensitive. I know that. I pick up Janoris Jenkins. The talent far exceeds the damage of the R word. Do you disagree? Yeah. I wouldn't want him. I mean, if I was on the team, obviously there's nothing I can do about it, but hmm. I just, I, I, I just, I don't think he's that good. You know what I mean? Like if this were Stefan Gilmore or Tredavious White, then maybe I'd be okay with it. We're talking about a good, not great corner who said something very insensitive and then kind of doubled down on it. Didn't really apologize for it. I don't know. Like, I guess I, I wouldn't want to win that way. I wouldn't want to win with that guy. You know, I wouldn't would. want him to be the reason why we won or help put us over the top. So I would say no to that. I personally would be looking to hire somebody else. And if I had to hire someone else to play corner, I'd go to ZipRecruiter like Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner did. That's how she experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You too can sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones, then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're going to sneak in a quick break here. And when we come back, Kyle Bailey, my man from WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina, will join us with the latest on the quarterback controversy there. Will Greer in, Kyle Allen down. 
and Cam Newton had surgery. What's the future of Ron Rivera and who coaches the Panthers next season? WFNZ in Charlotte after a quick break here on Home and Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Kyle Allen, Will Greer, Cam Newton. Who quarterbacks the Carolina Panthers next season? Who coaches Carolina next season? Will Ron Rivera wind up a head coach next season as well? A lot to get to with Kyle Bailey, WFNZ, home and home at radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Just a bit, Carrington Harrison from Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City, joins us with the latest on Terrell Suggs and the Chiefs' acquisition and how in the world is Patrick Mahomes nearly perfect in a blizzard. But first, to the Carolina Panthers and Kyle Bailey joining us from WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina, Radio.com affiliate. Kyle, good to talk to you, my friend, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. All things Panthers in a minute, but we were talking about Drew Brees the 541 career touchdowns, which prompted the conversation, which record we hold in the highest regard in all of sports. Happy Tuesday to you, sir. And what's your signature record? Oh, the one that I would want above all others. Well, as someone uh, who loves to hit dingers in church league softball, I think I would take the all-time home run record in Major League Baseball. So that that one's kind of easy for me. I got to be honest. Yeah, Kyle, that's kind of the one I went with, too. And I don't even like baseball. I just think it'd be sweet as shit to have the most home runs ever and just walk around with a T-shirt on that said, I hit the most home runs ever. There's something. So one time, Dave, I never told you this, okay? I was not a very good baseball player. I mean, I was like on like um, all-star teams or whatever, but I was not. It was definitely my third of the three sports. Um, and I stopped playing after sixth grade, but after fifth grade, uh, before sixth grade, I was in this all-star tournament and it was one of the few fields we played at where they actually had a fence. They actually had a fence. You know, usually it was just a, a, a field. If you hit a home run, it's because the kid was trying to chase the ball as it just kept rolling in the grass. Right. But we're at this cool tournament all-star tournament, whatever. And I, I was not a great hitter. I was a decent pitcher and fielder, but somehow the kid grooved it and I hit it and the ball went over the fence and it was like, I blacked out. <laughs> uh, and I was, I was, I was running around the bases and that was like a, 
that was like looking back on it like a top 10 sports moment. Like only time in my life in a real game, <laughs> I hit a home run over the fence. It was sweet. It was cool as shit. Hey, there's no I, better I, feeling. There's no better feeling in athletics, man. And like uh, you, you said, you didn't like baseball that much, but there's nothing sexier than a home run. And they told us a long time ago, chicks dig the long ball, man. So what? Why, why not, right? Maybe that's why I didn't get many chicks, man. I was a single sitter, dude. <laughs> and maybe that's why I like Pete Rose so much. I think I too, Ross Tucker, hit one career home run. That's the only one I can remember. One time with that euphoric. I feeling. even remember who Watch it was against. <laughs> Uh, Dave, it was against Topton. It was against the Topton kids. And I remember the one kid being like, that was, an, that was a perfect pitch for you to do that. Like when I was rounding second base, it was awesome. My other question or my other response, Kyle, is what are those things hanging behind you? Like, where are you right now? And are those, like, are those rugs hanging behind you? I, I need to know about this. Ross, my wife, uh, believe it or not, this is the best question you could have possibly asked today. My wife, I just sent her out the door. Uh, she spent the last three years working from home as an economist. Today, she chases her dream as a professional interior designer. She's working for a brand new company, awesome company here in Charlotte. Uh, this is her dream, and today was her first day on the job. So this is her doing. I'm not the interior decorator in this house. I have no idea what these things are, but she says they're stylish and they look pretty, so I'm going to go with that. Got Congratulations right. to your wife. What What's her name? Camille. Camille, best of luck in the new gig. I, I, you know, I think I need more perspective on the rugs on your wall. They, they do look nice, but look, I have zero taste. My wife decorated our entire home. So what Ross and I think is hey, absolutely you know what's crazy mean. about that? You guys want to hear something? We mm -hmm. have almost nothing on any walls in our house. They're just white, plain walls because I'm not into it. I don't give a shit. My wife doesn't really care. And she certainly doesn't care enough to go out and decorate stuff. So you people like, you would be amazed if you came into our house, the amount of just plain white wallage that we have. It's wow. crazy. Wow. Yeah, I think they call that. I've, I've learned they call that minimalist. I, I think I could be wrong about that. <laughs> yes, the stylish. Kyle Bailey knows it all about interior decoration as well as the Carolina Panthers. And you guys got a quarterback situation there, unlike just about any other. Start of the season with Cam Newton, then Kyle Allen's rolling, then Kyle Allen's throwing more passes to the opposition than he was to his own and couldn't win a football game. Six straight losses. In comes Will Greer. Have they made up their mind on Kyle Allen? And what was your reaction to the quarterback switch? Uh, and I apologize. Uh, my, my buddy Bo here is trying to work himself into the camera shot. Um, Bo! He, uh, yeah, this is Ross and Dave, buddy. Say hello. Uh, so Bring yeah, him in. No, Bring him in. Yeah, come on, buddy. Yeah, come here. What yeah. is he? What, he, what, what kind of dog? Holy shit. That is a big <laughs> dog. He's a good boy. You don't boy. like cleaning right. up the backyard. All right, proceed. All right, so get down. Go lay down. So anyway, uh, yeah, no, it, the thing is, I think it was just time, Dave. Um, you know, the Kyle Allen experiment started off with a bang. They won four straight football games. And, and Kyle played pretty well against, you know, some lower-tier competition. Certainly when he got to play indoors, there's a strong correlation when he was playing in domes versus outside. 
Um, Kyle Allen still got potential. I still like him. I'd like to see them sign him potentially as a backup here in Carolina at the very least. But you drafted Will Greer in the third round, and I think they see it now as time to figure out what they've got in Will Greer. Uh, he's a local kid, played his high school football at Davidson Day right up the road here. Uh, obviously went to Florida and then finished his career at West Virginia. So he is a well-known commodity. And as a rookie, he's actually a year older than Kyle Allen. So, you know, I think there's been some pressure to get him on the field. The truth is, guys, I don't. I still don't think they have a, a, a solid idea of where they're going to go with the quarterback position just yet. Ross, you and I talked about this the other day. David Tepper made it clear again last week. Um, you know, I, I talked to a source in the front office, and then the next day he's talking to uh, Albert Breer. You know, his mindset is if Cam Newton's healthy, he wants Cam Newton to be his quarterback next year in the final year of that contract. If not, uh, this thing could go in one of many directions, and Will Greer is only one of the options. So I got a lot. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we could take this, Kyle, but I'll start with Kyle Allen. He now started 12 games this year. It's a pretty decent sample size, I'd say. And is it fair to say it's not trending in the right direction and that you are convinced you've seen enough that he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL? Well, Ross, I mean, you, you've got a good eye for this stuff, too. And, you know, I actually played some audio probably about a month ago. Uh, Trent Dilfer, a guy that I know you know, a guy that uh, most football fans know, Trent knows a thing or two about quarterbacks. And having run the Elite 11 camps and everything else, He's known Kyle Allen since he was a young quarterback uh, early on in high school. And Trent Dilfer on a podcast about two months ago told the story that, um, you know, despite Kyle going undrafted, Trent himself made some calls on Kyle's behalf to try to get him in, you know, on a roster somewhere saying, hey, this guy belongs in the NFL. He's got the talent to play in the NFL. And then he followed that up by saying, but I don't think he's a franchise guy. And the, the comp that he used is Trent said, I think he was Matt Schaub. You know, long career as yes. a backup can make a very nice career for himself in the NFL. And I think that's really accurate. And that's kind of, I got to be honest, it's kind of what I saw from the beginning. He's been a one read guy. A lot of the time he does have arm talent. He can make most of the throws. Uh, but, you know, to this point, it's hard to say he's really anything beyond that right now, which is not a bad thing to have, but it doesn't solve their franchise quarterback problem if Cam Newton's not going to play in the final year of this contract. Ross, we argued about this at one point because. I had long said Kyle Allen was was the girlfriend I had in high school or college. It was just, yeah, she was fine. She was a great girl, you know, checked a lot of boxes, but was never going to get a ring. You really liked Kyle Allen. Ross, to you, have you turned on him? I really thought the idea of benching him a month ago was stupid. That is what I really thought and what I really liked. I thought Kyle Allen had done enough in his first seven or eight starts this year to get at least four or five more. I probably would have given him the whole year, but I understand that they feel like there's enough of a sample size now, new coaching staff, and they want to see a couple games of Will Greer. I'm okay with that. What I didn't like is when he was, you know, five and two as a starter or five and three as a starter, people are like, oh, bench him, bench him, because he had one bad game. That annoyed the shit out of me, and I felt like was a direct result of his draft status, which always bothers me. That was kind of my big contention the whole way. I do think at this point, it's been enough of a sample size to say he probably is not 
have a chance to be the long-term answer and that he it probably is a quality backup, and that's fine. And then you take a look at a couple games of Will Greer. I did not think you could make that determination after six, seven games, especially when they were winning more than they were losing at that point. Okay, Kyle, so what's the deal with Cam Newton? Uh, had the surgery. Uh, do you expect him to get healthy and get every opportunity to be the starter next season, or will he be traded? See, that that's such an interesting conversation, and it's one that we're you know obviously having pretty much every day right now. The, the real problem here is that, and I think Ross can speak to this as well, you know, Cam is going to be rehabbing this offseason. He's going into the final year of a deal. Uh, I'm sure Cam's people are advising him to try to get guaranteed money, you know, to not go back on a football field without an extension. But at the same time, if you're the Carolina Panthers, despite David Tepper might wanting that guy back next year, and certainly understandably he would want a healthy Cam Newton back, um, how do you prove that you're healthy and can play a 16-game regular season between now and March without playing live football? And it's not just about proving it to the Panthers. It's about proving it to the rest of the league and any suitors out there who may want to trade for him. And, you know, I, I think right now there was such there was a huge rush nationally to write the narrative Cam Newton's done in Carolina. Well, that's one possibility. But the other possibility is, as we've talked about, he, he has a, a healthy offseason. The rehab goes well. He gets back on the field and he plays out next year, the final year of his contract, because he is contractually obligated to do so unless he wants to hold out. So, you know, really at this point, you know, if what David Tepper is saying is accurate and there's no reason to believe that it's not based on my conversations with the front office last week, then, OK, uh, if you're Cam Newton, then the ball's in your court. What are you going to do? Are you going to play that final season and play in a contract year and prove that you can stay healthy because you got off to a tremendous start last year? Or are you going to take the approach that you're not going back on a football field with anybody without a contract, without guaranteed money, without an extension? Uh, because the one thing I will say about Cam, while he has had you know inconsistencies at time or times, and you know he has dealt with injuries for the last two years, I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, well, I've never missed more than two games in a regular season before this year. He's been the Iron Man. The organization's not always done the best job putting an offensive line in front of him, putting weapons around him. Uh, that's not to say that Cam's not at fault at all in some of these situations, but this is a complicated deal. And I don't think it's as clean cut as David Tepper wants him back and Cam's going to come play a prove it year. It's going to be interesting to see what Cam Newton's side of this wants. So my thought is, I, I think it's a little weird. I understand why players try to delay surgery if they can, hope that it heals on its own. But the timing of this is now such that they're not going to really be able to make a decision on Cam in March, whether that's you know, that he's their quarterback or that they can trade him somewhere else. I don't know who's trading anything of value for a guy whose health status you don't know. I don't even know if by the draft they'll be in a position, A, where they know what Cam's doing, and B, to draft a guy. I kind of think it's going to be Cam next year. And I almost feel like the timing of the surgery locked Cam in to being the Carolina quarterback next year unless – they just release him or trade him for very little and decide to just rip off the Band-Aid and move on. I guess I kind of feel like the timing of this, Kyle, is they're going to give it one more dance. And, I, and honestly, Ross, I think that's the right thing to do. You know, I, Now, there's a, a mindset here that if you were going to go that way and run it back, you know, then why not bring Ron Rivera back for another season? 
and we can, you know, have that discussion as well. But to your point, I think that's the most likely, you know, probability at this point. And honestly, it, it either provides you an opportunity to see that he is going to be your guy for the next four to five years again, uh, because if you get the guy who played through eight games last season before he got hurt, you'll take that all day long. And if not, then you've reached the end of a deal and it's a clean break and then you can move on and feel good about your decision to move on. I think it's really best for both parties to go that route. But again, you know, money tends to complicate things and, and we'll see what happens on that front. And that could be the reason that this thing doesn't go according to plan. Talking to Kyle Bailey, WFNZ in Charlotte. Where is Ron Rivera next season and who's coaching the Panthers? Oh, it's a great question, man. Uh, I was talking to some people about this yesterday. I was doing a hit up in New York. Uh, I get the sense that Giants fans and the New York media don't think that will ultimately be the landing spot, even though the Dave Gettleman connection is kind of an obvious one. Uh, I can't help but think that Ron you know, wouldn't be a tremendous fit in Cleveland, where they are in desperate need of, uh, of a better culture. And if there's one thing we know about Ron Rivera, there's going to be a strong culture in the locker room no matter where he is. So you know, I'm looking up to Cleveland and saying, you know, all that uh, chaos and dysfunction, and I can't help but think that Ron Rivera wouldn't be a great fit for that. And especially with that defensive mindset and, and the great defensive resume that he's got, I think Cleveland fans would welcome him there. Uh, I don't see him fitting very well in Dallas. I don't know how you two feel about that, but uh, I, I think Cleveland is an ideal landing spot. But, you know, once the dominoes start to fall, certainly on Black Monday, we could be looking at this thing differently. Kyle, a couple questions before we before we let you go. They're not Panther-related, but are things we've been talking about today and will talk about on Home and Home. Number one, the Saints claimed Janoris Jenkins. Now, the Saints are one of the top teams in football. They got a chance to win the Super Bowl. My question is, would you want your team, would you want the Panthers to claim a guy that just did what Janoris Jenkins did on social media, if you thought he might help you win the Super Bowl? You know, we talked a bit about this the other day, and it also kind of factors into this coaching search, too. It boils down to, you know, as a professional sports fan, how much do you value rooting for good people? And I'm, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Janoris Jenkins without knowing him, but the way that he's conducted himself as of late is going to lead a lot of people to believe that he's not a very nice guy. And, you know, he said a, a pretty nasty word that I know I try to stay away from. I'm sure most of you do as well. But, you know, I'm not going to use that as a, as a referendum against him. You know, if I had a better option than Janoris Jenkins, I'd probably take it. Uh, personally, as a fan, uh, it's tough. It really is tough because you're rooting for the organization. There are, you know, 52 other guys on that roster that, you know, ostensibly anyway deserve the support and, and the praise and you know, and, and the fandom that comes along with it. You know, again, if I were an executive, I'd look for a better option. If I were a fan, I could probably suck it up and deal with it because I'm probably not buying a Janoris Jenkins jersey anytime soon. All right, last question now has to do with something Dave and I are going to talk about at the bottom of the hour at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. We both get a bunch of Christmas cards. I'm sure you do as well, Kyle. Yay or nay on the lengthy updates about what's going on in every member of the family or at least the children's lives? In a Christmas card? Yes. No, that's what Facebook's for. Why do you need that? I don't understand. Like, you're talking like a lengthy handwritten Christmas card with an update on the entire family? Yes. People put like inserts in. People put like inserts in 
a lot of times, or like a letter where it's like uh, the these. I was about to say the name of one of the families. Not doing that. Uh, <laughs> the, the Bailey family update. Kyle's still doing well, still hosting his show and talking about Cam and the coaching search as usual. Um, Zoe, is your wife's name Zoe or Chloe? Camille. Camille, same thing. Camille <laughs> just got a new job as an interior designer. She's chasing her dream. Uh, the dog is good. He just farts too much. Blah, 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 blah. Like those kind of updates, what I'm talking about. No, no, because odds are I've seen it on social media already. You know, last night, you know, with my, my wife got the notification yesterday. You'll find this funny. She does the interview for this new job on Friday. They tell her they're going to call her, or Thursday. They tell her they're going to call her on Friday to let her know whether or not she got the job. Well, they don't call. They send her an email, and it gets caught in the junk email folder. So she's freaking out yesterday thinking she didn't get the job that she wanted so badly. Turns out the email's been in her junk folder the entire time. So I say all this to say... It just happened last night. So I posted that last night, hey, proud of my lovely wife. She's chasing her dream. She got a brand new gig. Ross, these are the kind of things that are made for social media. And the reason you don't need constant updates, or you don't need an update in a Christmas card. And I don't need to read like the entire epitaph of, of what's been going on for 12 months. I'll just check your Facebook feed. Love it. Man, Love I'm it. Dave and I are going to issue our thoughts at the top. Go ahead, Dave. I haven't checked a Facebook feed in a long time. The, the politics turned me away from Facebook. But Kyle Bailey, great to have you. I, I, I'm, I'm coming around on the rugs on the wall. I'm, I'm, I'm a 60-40. She knows what she's doing. Congratulations to the wife and the new job, and we appreciate you giving us the time on a Tuesday. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. You're two of the best. Appreciate you. All right, that's Kyle Bailey, WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina. Interesting, a lot of questions there for the Carolina Panthers, quarterbacks, coaches, and a billionaire owner who's got to answer a lot of them in the offseason. Also questions, we talked a little bit about Janoris Jenkins, a guy getting another opportunity. What about Josh Gordon? Will he get another opportunity after yet another indefinite suspension, Ross, on Tuesday? Suspension number six of Josh Gordon's career number five that had to do with either performance enhancing or substance abuse and number three in his career when it comes to an indefinite suspension. Let's uh, start up the radio.com red zone and listen to some reaction from WEEI in Boston on Gordon's latest suspension. Well, I think there's a lot of people who have the attitude that if they were Josh Gordon, if they were given his, talent mm -hmm. and his athletic ability right that they would not be they would not they, they wouldn't piss be, it away they wouldn't piss it away yes addiction um, doesn't care but, how much talent you have no but and what opportunities that, you have that, but that's, that's a, but that's, that's the biggest misconception is that everybody out there who doesn't is blessed with the fact that they're not addicted to substances puts themselves in josh gordon's body and says look what i would do i would right. stop drinking for five years if that meant i could catch right. passes from tom brady yeah but it's it's not that simple it's a disease you his body his whole life since he was 13 he consumed alcohol and used drugs it's how he treated himself for every issue good bad or indifferent in his life so for him for you to expect that he was going to be able to just overcome this because he's now able to catch passes from russell wilson or tom brady it's it's impossible to do that you know, the NFL is so backwards in all this. I mean, there are far worse things that, you know, they, 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 they could be looking at, you know. It, it seems like 
you know, people people backslide all the time. You know, doing this. It seems like the metric or, 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 or the measure that they should be looking at is whether or not he went to treatment as opposed to, you know, how effective it is. Because people backslide. Yeah. And, yeah you know, so you can't have the guy high as a kite driving around because, yeah, you can hurt somebody. If well, no, but he's saying, I think what Bill is saying mm-hmm. is why is the NFL suspending somebody like Josh Gordon who is fighting an addiction issue and you've got, you know, I mean, pick an example, Tyreek Hill or 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 whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, is that what is that you is that what you're saying that that the that the NFL overreacts on this when they should be helping somebody by allowing them to play? Is that what you're saying? That, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, if, if he's driving around high as a kite, yes, certainly. You know, I think they have to you know intervene just like if you were driving under the influence of alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's Radio.com, Red Zone, W-E-E-I, on the Josh Gordon sad story, one of the great lost potential stories of our era. I'm the cold and heartless bastard, and I understand that that's my role here. I have a close family member who suffers with addiction, and, and, and I'm a big personal responsibility guy, Ross, and I've said to him many times, just fucking stop. You've got a great job, a wonderful wife, and great kids, and you've got to put them first. I understand it's a disease, but I do not think Josh Gordon needs another opportunity in the NFL. He's been afforded too many as is. Your thoughts? Well, a couple things. First of all, this suspension was both for substances of abuse and PEDs. So I don't know what he took, but this was under both policies. So at a minimum, he has to be suspended. Because you can't have a guy taking any type of performance-enhancing substance out there. So that whole part of it is eliminated in my mind. Um, You know, I don't have any experience with addiction. I do know this. The Patriots, the Browns, the Seahawks have invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of resources to make sure an infrastructure was in place such that Josh Gordon could succeed and could beat this thing. The fact that he hasn't been able to is very troubling because I can't imagine anyone having better resources or having more people around him with a vested interest in him staying clean. So, you know, it seems like at some point, The infrastructure can only be so much, and that person has to be able to defeat their demons. He has not been able to. And so I think you can make the argument now, it seems to me like, you know, he needs to go to some type of rehab or not being worrying about catching passes because he cannot get himself right. And that should be priority number one. And I think, I mean, the Seahawks are the only team that claimed him, Dave. So barring something unforeseen of him being in rehab for a year and coming out of it totally clean or whatever, I think he's probably done at this point. I think he probably should be done at this point because he has bigger fish to fry clearly than playing football in the NFL And there are a lot of good rehab places you can go to 
just like there are a lot of good places you can go to try to find the right person for a job when you go to ZipRecruiter. Because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. I'm talking about Gretchen Hebner, of course, from Codable. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen was honestly surprised. She found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. It's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Just five minutes of commercial time per hour here on Home and Home. A quick break right now, and when we come back, Carrington Harrison tells us what's happening with the Kansas City Chiefs is Terrell Suggs going to stick around, wanted to land in Baltimore, and Christmas cards. Do's and don'ts. How long, how short, we'll break it down. Hour number two of Home and Home right around the corner. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.